All right, guys, thank you for tuning in to Radical Rocks. Today we've got an exciting episode. Dragons of Death, NASA locates hell. Is that happening? Gold mining stories and more I'll tell you about in On just the first a second. Part of the journey, I was looking at radical rocks. There were fossils, minerals, and rocks and things. There were sand and hills and rings. The first thing I found was a geocrystals. Quartz with no clouds. The agate was hot and the ground was hard. But the gems were there to be found. See, I've been through the desert, found a rock of no name. Felt good to have in my hand. In the desert... That's right, radical rocks are everywhere, guys. Um, some other interesting topics. We're going to talk about gold mine in uh, Montana again. And talk about a fossil that's been described as Optimus Prime. We're going to talk about Hell's Canyon petrified wood, Sycamore petrified wood. Um, Terodi petrified wood, if I'm saying that right, and so much more, guys. So I want to thank you guys for tuning in, for liking and subscribing. It really helps with the, uh, uh, you know, get get our uh, a podcast out there when you subscribe. So we to these different formats. Also, you can get us on MeWe, Locals, uh, Truth Social, uh, Parlor, Gitter. We're really big on MeWe. We have thousands, uh, several thousands of followers there. So uh, just look up Radical Rocks. We're going to pop up. Also, um, we've got well over a thousand subscribers on our YouTube videos, which are completely different. And uh, we try to pop one of those out every month or two. So there's there's like 46 different videos there you can check out too if you want. We're even on Rumble. We've got a couple over there. We haven't really done too much over there, but we are there as well. So guys, um, I hope you had a great Memorial Day weekend. We take our hats off to those that uh, fought for our country here if you're in the U.S. and um, fought for the Constitution and for freedom. It has made... uh, a lot of uh, people around the world just drawn here to America throughout history and is really just a wonderful story in individual rights and freedom that has developed, although not perfect. Of course, all uh, nations and governments have their, um, their, their problems and their faults for sure, without, without a doubt. But uh, America has drawn people from all over the world and also... Some pretty good rock hounding here uh, is still you're still able to do that, which is nice. Um, as as uh, you come to our country here, you can go on rock hounding excursions, and if you're a citizen and you get to join these clubs and be local and find these nice spots, it's really fun. So let's get right into it and talk about some of these gemstones and rocks and minerals and fossils. Sounds like the cats are going at it. All right. Um, Topaz, beautiful gemstone in the market, uh, marketer, market herald, I guess. Yeah. The market herald.com.au. Our friends in Australia, uh, tell us about Topaz here. 
It's a beautiful gemstone. Grace Flynn actually has a very nice article with a lot of pictures of beautiful topazes in pinks, blues, orange, yellows, amber. Um, quite beautiful. It has been an uh, anniversary stone for, it says, uh, four-year and 23-year milestone. Never heard that before. It's associated with love and romance, uh, supposedly. Blue topaz is gorgeous. Beautiful shades of blue. Complements silver or white uh, gold jewelry quite a bit. It's a wonderful summertime stone. It can be clear and striking. It can be dark, darker, but it is very vibrant. Um, very, very pretty. Also, um, they have some pictures of different gemstones that are put to Topaz with Topaz. Topaz is durable. Ow, cat just climbed up my leg. Ow. Um, and pure Topaz is a great substitute for diamonds. It's colorless and offers an affordable alternative to... Ow, there he goes again. Man, he's going crazy. And it sparkles and is very beautiful. Clear topaz or pure topaz as it's called as you know it is the minerals that uh ow, man this cat is just destroying me i apologize it's one take uh one one time with this show so <laughs> no matter what happens it happens we get it down and we get it done because of my limited time uh, as you all know, life is busy. You want to see Moonrock? Well, you can see one in downtown Tucson, uh, Tucson rather, Tucson, Arizona, in America. 1971, Apollo Mission 15 uh, loaded up some Moonrocks, and they are on loan down at the uh, the Arizona Mineral Museum. In downtown Tucson, you can go to Arizona.edu and look up Want to See a Moon Rock? There's one in downtown Tucson. Kate Mittan uh, tells us about this at the University uh, Communications. There's a picture of the Moon Rock there. Beautiful. It is in the Museum's Mineral Evolution Gallery, the first gallery that guests enter as they leave the lobby. Um, they just can't push evolution enough. They've even got it on the moon rocks. It's everywhere. So you can find out about this. There's a lot of great information. Um, this article is quite lengthy on this piece of rock, which is actually a piece of what they call mirror basalt, which is a volcanic type of rock. And um, you can find out a lot more about this. They've got links to the museum the Alfie Norville Gym and Mineral Museum, located in Pima County Historical Courthouse at 115 North Church Avenue, um, is some of the information they have there that you can check out. Next, let's talk about some petrified wood. Let's get right into some wood. Uh, we'll talk about a little in the beginning and a little bit at the end. Hell's Canyon Petrified Wood by Pam Freeman, by our friends at Rock and Jim. You can go to rock, the letter N, jim.com. I highly recommend you subscribe to this magazine if you call yourself a rock hound because it is essential. They don't sponsor the show, but uh, uh, I definitely think this is part of your arsenal. 
Hell's Canyon petrified wood is very popular. It's been popular for decades. It used to be collected among, uh, alongside the Snake River that bordered Oregon and Idaho. Then they made the dam, Hell's Canyon Dam. Now the entire collecting area is underwater. So I guess you get some diving equipment maybe and go down there. I don't know. Probably not. It's probably against the law. But uh, it is beautiful. We're also going to talk a little bit later about the sycamore petrified wood and also the Torito petrified wood. It's T-E-R-E-D-O. I believe it's pronounced Torito. I don't know. It could be wrong. But this particular wood here, Hell's Canyon, is uh, from the Creaceous period, which we know if we're fossil hounds that that's when we get a lot of shells uh, a lot of sea creatures and things like that. Uh, it seems to be a time that uh, most of the earth or all of the earth was uh, covered with water. Now, that uh, period, there's also other things that came, came up as the earth uh, ground was rising up out of the water. We started to get the plants and things like that. So on this particular wood, which has these beautiful wavy patterns that are commonly called a herringbone. It creates these wavy patterns. It is the natural growth wing, uh, rings of the ancient sequoia trees. Also can have little rot holes that get filled with silica and you get these little druzy crystals and um, of, of cavities. Uh, some are druzy, some are a little crystallized. Very beautiful. Now, how do you get this petrified wood today? Well, you got to go to the shows. Um, you're usually going to find slabs. Very rarely are you going to find chunks of rough. But uh, slabs is, is, uh, is, is not a bad thing. And as the article points out, the thicker the slab, the better, because this stuff can break easily. Because of these waves, there can be a brittleness in it. Um, I think you would want to either use a hardener or a, the article suggests a backing where you would use another gemstone harder and you would uh, glue that to it. Um, that way you don't break any of this rare and expensive material. Now, you want to take your time and make uh, preforms that are going to use the most of this material. You don't want to lose anything. You want to really check the fractures. We've done a video on uh, YouTube on stabilizing um, turquoise and gemstones where I give you a technique that you can do that yourself that works really well. And you can follow along with that if you want. Just look up Radical Rocks on YouTube. It'll pop up. You don't want the edges breaking off on this very valuable material. The typical cabbing techniques um, that they bring out here is you... Uh, would they say start with an 80 grit steel wheel? I always say, <laughs> you know what, if it's that soft and that brittle, like turquoise or something of this nature here, um, I would start off with something else. In fact, he does say to start off with a 220 grit steel wheel and shape. Yes, be very careful. Um, be careful about the, the, the holes. You don't want them too close to the edge because this can also cause uh, a breakage close to the edge. So this is something you're going to have to really think about and take your time and be careful. A soft touch, 
using a softer, smoother grit is better than using a more aggressive, aggressive grit. You will finally go down to 600, um, like a Jasper cab, but they do recommend using up to 14,000 uh, polishing wheel to polish this with. So just be sure not to overheat it and uh, just take your time with this precious gemstone. Now, Kate Middleton, she's an actress. She has some earrings with aquamarine gemstone that are beautiful. Um, it seems like uh, uh, she's in the news all the time. She stood in for the queen at a garden party at Buckingham Palace wearing this beautiful, um, and they have pictures of it here, Oops, boy, it scanned pretty quickly. Um, elegant aquamarine drop earrings at the garden party. These things, I, I guess, I guess it's a lira. I would think it would be a pound, but it says 140, uh, and I'm I'm thinking it's lira, but I don't know. 140 pair of earrings from London-based brand of Carousel Jewels. So it must be pounds, 140 pounds, uh, whatever that is. It doesn't seem like it's all that much money. I would think this would be a lot of money. I don't know what the American equivalent is for the money value of this, but she looks quite nice there, quite snappy. Um, maybe it's it, instead of carrots. Maybe that's what they're saying. It looks like it's a little bit about the size of a quarter, the main gemstones and uh, that dangle from her ears. And they say it's a teardrop, but it's actually round. So, and they do have kind of a, uh, kind of a faceted dome on them. They are like a half of a globe, but it's kind of a dome type thing. 22 karat gold plating. Wow, that's very soft gold. Very, very heavy um, amount of gold there. Very interesting. So you could check that out if you want at dailymail.co.uk. Um, and I don't see Maria Cronrando wrote it. And then we have prehistoric cheetahs locked in battle to the death. And this was discovered in the Grand Canyon. Ed Brownie tells us about this at newsweek.com. Uh, it caught my eye because I'm like, man, you know, the Grand Canyon, they're finding all this interesting stuff over there. And you would think that that would have been pretty well picked over. But apparently there's these caves where they're finding this stuff. These leopard-like cheetahs roamed America, uh, they say, tens of thousands of years ago, hunting mountain goats. Uh, and they find these fossilized remains. The America cheetah has long been extinct, but these fossils were found in a cave along the Grand Canyon. Uh, they thought they were pumas, but now they're saying, nope, these, these are actually uh, cheetahs. So always changing their mind, never knowing what they're finding. Of course, sometimes uh, because of the partial bones, it does make it hard to know what they're looking at or seeing species that uh, don't match up to anything that uh, is found today in the modern uh, world. Makes it hard for them to understand what these are. So sometimes they just guess, you know. Um, violent attacks. These things were, they showed puncture marks on the skull, upper jaw, vertebrae, uh, made by another cheetah, apparently found here. So pretty amazing, all the things they're finding in the Grand Canyon among these caves. 
They have modern cheetahs pictured here for you to look at if you want as well. Dragons of death. Fossils of deadly flying reptiles that dominated the skies. According to weather.com, the article is there uh, by TWC India Edit Team is the credit. They have a picture of this hideous looking, um, you know, they call it a Thanantosadracone, Dragon of Death, uh, Pterosaur, which is starts with a P, um, P-T-E, Petasaurus, but I think it's Pterosaurus is how it's pronounced. Um, the picture is accredited to Leonardo D. Ortez David of the National University of Curo. So this thing had a wingspan of over 30 feet long. Monstrous, monstrous creature um, discovered in Peru. Um, the area, I actually knew how to pronounce that, and I don't see it here, but uh, see if I can find it. Let's see. Breakthrough discovery, giant wingspan of 30 feet. Um, they, scientists think this is the first creature that used wings to, to hunt and feed on other birds, or perhaps I think it fed on ocean fish going down and scooping them up. I think it was like a giant, um, uh, like a pelican is what I think, but they called it flying serpent, um, interesting, 40 fossils in various states of preservation, uh, the most massive bones ever found, ever seen in South America, anywhere in the world. And where in the heck did they find this darn thing? I thought I had it written down here, but anyway. There it is. You can check that out if you want. Hidden Gems. Now, I love gems. I love gemstones. This is Hidden Gem, a peek inside the Museum of Precious Stones in Singapore. The Jim Museum has, uh, has been kept by a husband and wife team and is opened up to the public with over 700 really amazing specimens on display. You can go to the website at stratustimes.com and you will see it. And as you scroll down the page, it actually will show you these beautiful pictures of other gemstones. They have a spectacular Indonesia agate ring with some inclusions, uh, looks like little spears of red rutile, quite beautiful. Uh, spindles, beautiful red spindles, spindles, red ruby colored, almost a purplish red, covered with, uh, sprinkled with pyrite, embedded in a marble matrix from Mangok Minor. Minor. Also, um, they talk about the diamond industry here. They have a wonderful display. They show you uh, big cavities of amethyst that you can look at with special equipment. They have fluorescing gemstones that actually will glow in a black light. They have uh, all these specimens on display for you to check out. Some beautiful jade carvings here that you can check out. Um, classes. They have... Uh, Things, all the tools, ancient tools that 
were used for cutting stones in bygone days. Specimen of the Vera Cruz amethyst from Mexico. Rubies from Vietnam that rela uh, react to UV light. And so much more. Pretty cool little website if you want to check that out. Meeting Crystal, a fossil-sniffing beagle. This dog is amazing. Um, the Peter... Peter Broth today, P-E-T-E-R-B-R-O-U-G-H today.co.uk. Adam Baxter tells us about this amazing dog. He's a little beagle. He actually sniffs out dinosaur bones. Um, he was in a quarry near Petersborough, and he sniffed out a rare rhinoceros bone. Huge, uh, looks like leg bone there. He is able to sniff out all sorts of dogs. He's a seven-year-old dog. His name is Crystal. Um, they take him out. He finds mammoth bones, uh, other bones. He is just an amazing little dog here that uh, is discovering these dinosaur bones all over the country. Very, very nice to have such a dog. He's got a special little cape here. It says the fossil hunting beagle on his little cape. Really neat, really cute. Um, amazing, amazing. The article goes on about him and uh, how he works so hard to find these. It's just like his love and his passion by Adam Barker there, if you want to check that out. Peru, uh, two new species of lizard. Now we have more, more Petrified wood stories to tell you. We've got a gold mining story. Hang on. We're almost done with the fossil stuff. There was just so many cool fossil stories. Two new lizard species have been discovered. Um, the high altitudes of the Peruvian Andes are shedding life on these new species. Um, in Machu Picchu and uh, this area here where they have discovered these lizards, they know that uh, they are the reptile. They're between 2.7 and 7.8 centimeters, about 1 to 3 inches. They're just tiny little things. And they feel that uh, climate has been changing and that other days led to the uh, uh, extinction of these other species. Maybe, could be. But anyway, interesting article. Also, next we have the earliest earth crawlers. The earliest earth crawlers can be found at natureworldnews.com. Uh, Rain Jordan tells us about this. These were discovered uh, a long time ago, about 130 years ago, but they don't know what it was. Um, it has been called an enigma. These little fish-like animals, uh, they feel, are somewhere between a fish and a uh, four-legged four creature. Um, I thought I saw a picture of one, but it's very deceiving. It's actually another fossil, so I could not find a picture for this, but they say that it didn't really have teeth. It was missing parts of its bones were um, more flexible and uh, pliable, and only parts of it were preserved as bones. So they're still learning about this uh, bizarre crawling creature that they feel was fish-like. And uh, we'll see what they come up with next. Now, mineral star mineral property. This is in Montana, in the Basin Boulder District of Jefferson County. If you want to find out about this, go to goldrushexpeditions.com and look up Monterey Star Mineral Property. 
Um, they're not a sponsor of the show, but they always have such interesting history on some of these gold mines that they have typically offered up for sale. It's a 20-acre load claim, but what is found here is amazing deposits of gold, silver, copper, cobalt, nickel, and trillium, and the, the presence of uh, these minerals together, uh, copper, cobalt, nickel, and trillium, is extremely rare. Um, this is the only deposit that uh, seems to uh, have these type of values all together in this area. The development um, of it went up until the mid to uh, late 1980s. It was reclaimed by Montana uh, Abandoned Mines Divisions in the 90s. They capped the main shaft, but uh, it's primarily gold with silver, copper, and zinc. Uh, it's been targeted in the past for silver, but the best returns have come from gold. But it has significant copper deposits, which is surprising given the geological locali locality to the Anaconda and Butte copper deposits. It's quite a ways away from that. The Monterey Star Veins have been roughly defined as running generally east-west with offshoots. Um, sounds like a really neat area to... Uh, you know, if you were to have the money to buy this claim, it would be pretty cool. They feel that uh, this area can be worked on and developed. There's no milling or my, uh, milling facilities on site, so you would have to take it out to Anaconda for processing about 10 miles as a crow flies. Um, you would have to get permitting for this site, but it seems like it would be a great area for picking up mineral specimens there is some uh, uh, deposits and visible gold on the site, I believe, but uh, pretty cool. You probably have to look all over to find one little piece of it. Pretty cool area. Jefferson County, Montana, Basin Boulder Mining District in Montana. Pretty cool little area there. All right. Verde River Rockhounds present Rocks in the Park. Um, this is happening Saturday, June the 11th, uh, 2022. They have it there at Cottonwood, Arizona, the Old Town Activity Park. They've got all kinds of minerals and gems that you can go check out there. Um, there'll be over 30 vendors, so a little shout out to them there. NASA finds hell. They discover hell, question mark, right? Um did NASA find hell? Scientists brace for the first glimpse of a world that constantly burns. This is cited for us in the Wichita Eagle by Mark Price at uh, kansas.com. You can look this up. They have this picture of this ominous place that resembles hell. It is 50 light years away. Um, it is the conditions of a what they call a super earth. Um, the planet is called 55... Canceria E, it orbits its sun-like star uh, very close. It uh, is even closer to its sun than uh, Venus as far as the amount of heat that it picks up, about 1 25th the distance of Mercury from our sun, NASA says. Temperatures far above the melting point of typical rock-forming minerals. The planet is thought to be covered with oceans of lava, NASA reports. Um, they feel that the uh, gravity uh, of it keeps it uh, uh, 
locked in permanent searing daylight and the other end in total darkness. So one side is just oceans of boiling rocks. Uh, clouds could rain lava, scientists believe, and that this science is uh, just tidally locked day and night with the sun just cooking its surface to a literal hell. It has a dynamic atmosphere that moves heat around. Uh, it rotates to create day and night, but with nightmarish results. <laughs> okay, so I guess it's not totally stationary. So it says it's stationary, and now it says it rotates. So very confusing. I missed that when I went, ran over this article the first time. The vapors will cool and condense to form droplets of lava that would rain back to the surface. So it actually goes up as a, a rock mist and then falls down as a liquid uh, lava uh, in the evening. Wow. Crazy, crazy, crazy. The things that they find. All right. Our trips, are, our, our friends at um, uh, the mining group, the Rock Slab News for the searchers there. They're located there in Anaheim, California. They had a wonderful field trip. They report to us about the May field trip at Lovick Siding. Uh, by the way, if you want to find out about Lovick, you can go to um, my YouTube channel, and I have one on Lovick. I have one on the Caddy Mountains in that same general area where you can find some beautiful rocks and gemstones. But they had a group of 13 people. They were collecting alongside the railroad tracks. Um, some of the area has been closed off where you used to be able to go, according to this article, about a half mile toward the, tra the tracks. So uh, they put a lot of signs, so they must mean business, according to the article here. And uh, they found, they usually look for the multicolored jaspers that I found a lot, but they found that there's also some moss agate there uh, that can be found occasionally. And then they explored a canyon south of the Caddies where they found the black agate, which is quite beautiful and uh, make some really nice cabochons out of that. So if you want to get hooked up with them, you can look them up and find out more about that. All right. Um, I want to tell you, before we get into the petrified wood, I want to tell you about the Christensen's Mineral Collection. You can look him up, uh, Christensen's Mineral Collection. He sends out emails to me all the time and shows these auctions that he has. He's not a sponsor of the show, but in this email, you get to see and be exposed to beautiful mineral specimens that are from around the world. And one of them is this petronite, which is a beautiful blue colored, comes from the Rage mine in Peru. Uh, limonite geode. This is an orange uh, cavity geode which is kind of uh, globular, smooth on the inside from a light uh, pale yellow to a dark orangish yellow with a black inner shell and a outside shell of orange, rough uh, kind of sandstone looking material. I'm sure it's more of a rhyolite. Uh, and this uh, does not tell you where it comes from right here, but it is a beautiful, I've never seen anything like it, different. Um, Indicolite, from the Macy mine is here, uh, some beautiful um, uh, iron pyrite from the Sweetwater mine, 
Also some uh, geochronite from Italy, which is a white uh, calcite looking mass with uh, brownish copper, bluish amethyst, and uh, either a silver or silverish pyrite looking mineral that is also in there from Italy. Just some beautiful gemstones, fluorite from uh, Brazil set in a white calcite with some blue uh, stacked type mineral in there as well. Beautiful, beautiful to the eye. If you want to check those out and have those emailed to you every once in a while, go check that out. Sycamore Petrified Wood. Again, our friends from Rock and Jim tell us about the Sycamore Petrified Wood. It is a darker petrified wood. Um, it, unlike other varieties that are opalized, because usually when it's black, it's uh, opalized, usually they're riddled with fractures. Um, this one is easier to work with. Uh, it is like the minerals of Blue Forest and Eden Valley petrified woods from Wyoming, with much of the ring pattern still showing. That is especially amazing. But some of the nicer sycamore comes from Oregon near Sweet Home. Now, um, they have one cabazoned out here in heart with the um, patterns and the line patterns, just quite spectacular. Working with these high contrast rings, um, these, in a lot of people's opinion, including the author here, is a beautiful variety. The high black color contrast of these tree rings in a light brown uh, with black veins running through it, showing the tree rings is spectacular. Um, we talked about Hell's Canyon. We're going to talk about also Torito. This technique uh, was learned from Roy Kessel of the R&B Rock Shop for preparing this material before cabbing it. And here are the instructions. Once you cut the slabs, you want to look for the area you're going to make the nice cabs. A lot of areas hidden by black areas. You can soak the slabs in bleach for two or three days to expose more of the ring patterns. This method is used to each person's personal preference. So soak your slabs and check them each day. Take them out, thoroughly wash them off, and give them about an hour to completely dry to see how it looks. If it doesn't look good, try soaking it some more and go back another day and check it. Also, uh, sycamore isn't extremely hard. It's about 5.5 to 6 on the Mohs scale, so it'll cab out pretty quickly. Um, they say start on an 80 grit. Again, you might want to start out with a well-worn 100 or even a 200 grit if you don't want it to uh, chip or crack. It says uh, once you get your cab past the 220 to 280 step, let it dry out completely before moving on. So apparently the water inside the cab uh, could uh, overheat and cause it to chip or crack. Um, and then they say this also is a time you may want to bleach it again and see what's going on. The bleach will only go so deep, um, so it may this treatment may need to be done again and again. Uh, you may need to do it a few more days to see what's going on, see where your patterns are, and uh, check for white hazing types of spots. This is uh, where it might... Uh, a crack. Uh, there could be micro scratches and you might need to uh, get those micro scratches out 
you will go down to the 600 grit, and then he recommends not just a 14,000 grit polishing, but a 50,000 grit will help you obtain a mirror finish, and you will not have to go down any further. If you choose to use the serenium oxide, um, be sure to have a bowl of warm water and a toothbrush to get out the polishing camp compound that gets stuck in the cracks. Uh, the story is accredited to Ru uh, Russ... Kenyuth, K-A-N-I-U-T-H. What a great article. Now, we are going to talk about the Torito Petrified Wood. I believe that's a pronunciation. It's T-E-R-E-D-O. And again, our friends at Rock and Jim uh, email these to me for free. It is a fossil stone from North Dakota. It's riddled with tubes and... Um, it is a very peculiar type of, of petrified wood. It can be looking like Swiss cheese if you cut it a certain way. It's not as smooth as sycamore, and it's not as exclusive as the Hell's Canyon. What you can do here in North uh, Dakota, there is an area that designated, uh, that were, they actually are very proud of this rock, by the way. They designated it as a, uh, a symbol for their state. And uh, this was done in the early 1960s. And June Kulp Zethner is accredited with uh, getting it declared as the state mineral rock or fossil in 1965. Um, the Torito Petrified Wood gives fossil collectors a chance here because, again, this is uh, a rock that formed during the Creaceous period and it has um, fossilized bone shell, uh, sometimes even tooth could be in there, and trace fossil is just what the name implies, trace of a creature that lived a long time ago, footprints, poop, burrows, whatever, um, and various species uh, have this uh, in them, okay? Uh, this happened when trees became driftwood floating in the ocean, they say, in the Cannonball Sea, Logs uh, made a home, were made a home by worm-like Torito clams that bored into them and uh, made these long tunnels or trace fossils which filled with sediment and that is what has been named the Cannonball Formation. Formation represents the last inland sea to cover North Dakota is what they feel. Sediments may be found in this area around the southwest cities of Bismarck and Mandan. So that's areas where it's found. Revealing the sea life. Uh, again, this is uh, when you cut and slab it, you will see the outlines of the clamshells. They are going to look like little white crescents um, within the elong-filled tubes that were carved by these ancient clams. Similar petrified wood from Australia is commonly referred to as peanut wood. And um, sailors have cursed the so-called shipworms for the damage they did to wooden sailing vessels. Today, fossil collectors appreciate the intricate designs they left in the wood. And this story uh, is by Jim Brace Thompson. The story about the Torito petrified wood um, had previously appeared in the Rock and Jim magazine as well. And you should subscribe to this magazine. It is a great magazine and um, a great resource for rock hounds. Guys, that is about it. I want to thank you all for tuning in. 
Until next time, remember, rock hounds don't die, they petrify.